Hello, welcome to From the Rookery End. My name is John. Uh, with me this Sunday evening is Jason. Hello there. And Michael. Hartford in Walter's army. Yes, we're all right. Some people might be surprised by Mike's chipper mood. Uh, Watford lost yesterday uh, 2-0 away at uh, Manchester United up at Old Trafford. Um, So is this something else that's uh, uh, changing your mood this evening, Michael? Or are you all right about the result? I had a delicious pie and mash for uh, for tea, which uh, always sets me up nicely. Just watched a bit of School of Rock. Jack Black always makes me giggle. So, uh, yeah, I'm in a chipper mood. But yeah, I think the, the result yesterday was... I don't know, it's surprisingly easy to take. And I know that's, that probably sounds like a bad thing, but um, I think there were plenty of positives to take from it. Because it's part of um, uh, several games we've had in a row, Jason. And, you know, two weeks ago, um, t- two, only 2-0 two away at Manchester United. You would have grabbed that and said, that's a vast improvement. I think so. You, you, you can't just look at the result, I think, in the context of a defeat. You need to look at the performance that goes with it. And I'm sort of, as usual, sitting on the fence. There's <laughs> part of me going, OK, yeah, great, we were... We only lost 2-0 and Man United have been pretty good in terms of form recently. Um, haven't lost for ages. Wasn't really expecting to get anything. But then again, you sort of think uh, about what we did at Arsenal. We sort of got out of the blocks really fast. Let them know that we weren't scared of them, that we, we weren't just there to try and sort of sit back and defend. Um, why didn't we do that so much at Old Trafford? I don't know. Maybe there was an opportunity to have another go. The guys would have been full on confidence after two wins on the bounce. So I'm sort of... Yeah, sort of half and half at the moment with that. What I would say, Jace, is that for the first 20, 25 minutes, I think we did have a go. And I think we we more more than matched uh, Manchester United. And it didn't look like um, a lower half team against a team vying for the sort of top top four or, you know, as previously been vying for the champ- championship. I think for the first 20, 25 minutes, we, we looked good and, and we did go for it. And I think with a bit of bit of luck and perhaps with a, a cooler head in, in certain sort of passages of play, I think we could have... Um, we could have actually taken the taken the lead, and uh, yeah, so I was pretty impressed with the way we we started. And okay. in terms of in terms of the overall the, the overall sort of take on the game, we just wouldn't have got that performance sort of pre Millwall. Uh, I think we would before Millwall that would have ended up more like a, a Liverpool away, a sort of four five six tonking because the way that Manchester United came into the game, they really started uh, ticking the difference between. Uh, the Arsenal game and the Man United game, as they started excellently, where Arsenal didn't. I know a lot of that was down to the way Watford played, but once Arsenal started playing, we, you know, we were on the back foot, and and Manchester United were were on the front foot, if you like, very early. They were dominating proceedings pretty much after after twenty twenty five minutes, and we did we did reasonably well to contain, you know, some if not the best players in the world, at least some of the most expensive players in the world. So. I think in terms of you've got to, like you say, Jace, you've got to look at the the wider context, the the bigger picture, and it feels like that the corner is slowly being turned. And yeah, okay, we didn't we didn't get a result. A point would have been lovely. A win would have been magnificent. But I think you know you've got to be realistic in terms of where this this Watford team is. We we turned in a stunning performance against Arsenal. We battled to a to a to win against Burnley. And, and by the way, what a good result that looks like, even though against ten men. But they've 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 pushed Chelsea hard today and, and got a good point there. So that was a more scrappy performance, but it was a win. And then you know we've been beaten by the better side, and that happens in football. So I think we just have to accept that, that we were beaten by the, the superior side on the day. But that doesn't mean there aren't positives to take from it. I didn't. I'm not finishing this game being frustrated at a, a lack of anything. Really, it was we were we were Watford. 
they were Manchester United. Um, and, it, you know, this, like I said, the, the better team won on the day. Jason, is there, is there anything else you're taking from the game? Yeah, it's Mike sort of touched on it there as well. Sometimes you do have to accept that you, you are beaten by a better side. Um, and it seems from some of the Man United comments that that is the best they have played yeah. at Old Trafford for a, for a long time. And they've probably got the best out of Martial they have for a long time. Um, and playing up against Man United at Old Trafford is difficult at the best of times. Playing against them when they're playing very well is, is now impossible. So again, that makes the 2-0 look, look like not a bad result. Uh, we're not going to go into the game uh, a huge amount and, and pick it apart, um, but we, we want to make this uh, one of our special podcasts, uh, where basically special because you're involved and, and you guys uh, who listen every week, and thank you so much for doing so, um, get involved. Uh, and we've got a bunch of questions. Uh, we'll, we'll just we'll just plod through them, boys. Uh, first one came in uh, from our mate Jimmy Armchair, um, who I still don't think has left his armchair. How should Matsari? use the next two weeks with the players because they've got a bit of time off we haven't got a game next week there's no FA Cup um, and we can't play uh, do our makeup game that was uh, scheduled for us what, what's he need to do Jason over the next two weeks if you get to say one area you think Walter let's have a focus on that what would you what would you say to him an important point about the, the next two weeks as well is it's not like your normal international break, of course, because it's FA Cup, so we haven't got players away on international duty, so he's got the whole squad to work with. <laughs> it's a difficult... I think now, with the last three weeks that we've seen, the last three games, he's changed things slightly to fit the new players in, and we've kind of hit the ground running, so I don't think it's going to be big changes here. It's not going to be massive things he's going to work on. I think it's going to be small tactical tweaks, maybe sorting out how that back four kind of works because he seems to be sticking with the back four but the players he's using is at least three centre-backs on, on each occasion and it's probably working out how that um, how that all works together how that sort of transitions when we've got the ball um, at the back to then moving forward and getting that getting that right um, there may be one or two players there that have been struggling for form, just come back in. Maybe someone like Cathcart, who he's done all right, but again, there's been a couple of moments where he's looked a little bit like a, a fish out of water. So I think it's probably just getting that set up right from a team that's been playing three at the back for most of the season now to transition into that sort of back four and how that all fits in. Uh, Mike, would you would you go on a, a special holiday with the players? Would I? Oh, yeah, no, if you if you well, <laughs> I mean, if you were Walter, do you think uh, a trip away is would be, be a good thing with him? I heard apparently Sunderland are all off to New York. That's good, good for them. They might as well stay there, I reckon, judging by their, their performance <laughs> yesterday. But uh, no, I don't think so. I think obviously it's important to keep spirits high because I'd imagine confidence in the in the camp should be relatively relatively positive at the moment. There's there's players coming back from injury who are going to be trying to force their way back into into contention um there's, there's the new guys who are still be wanting to to make their presence felt and and continue their integration into the squad and the and the guys who have been around for a bit longer will be looking to carry on despite the loss yesterday a good um what is a re- really a, in this grand scheme of things a decent mini run of form so i wouldn't l- l- look to disrupt that that too much by by taking them away i think as jace alluded to i think there's still there's still plenty to to work on i think as he, as he highlighted both both cathcart and and Britos have looked a little bit shady in their sort of right back and, and left back, respectively, in, in those roles. Britos, in particular, had a bit of a, a tough time on occasion yesterday against United, and and, and Cathcart had a had a torrid time as well. But I think they're both I think they've both stuck to their guns pretty well. Um, 
but it is a it is a relatively new shape, um, certainly for Matsari, who's favoured that um, three five two throughout throughout his career. So he he's probably grateful of the time with the players to to work on that and refining that. I think what I'd like to see cut out a little bit, and it's one a minor gripe from from yesterday, is just ball uh, maintenance, holding on to the ball and not giving giving the ball away cheaply. And a number of occasions yesterday, I mentioned that first 20 minutes where we looked looked good. We sort of kind of made the wrong decision and perhaps tried to cut back inside or tried to play a ball through a player um, when a simple ball backwards, sideways or, or, or on an angle would have would have kept the move going and kept that little bit of momentum we had going. I think too too often there's there's a slightly bad decision-making. Um, uh, I think, you know, Niang, Niang gave the ball away in, in the lead-up to the goal yesterday. And, you know, had he hung on to that or, or played the ball, who knows what, what might have happened. So I think that's that's been a sort of um, a hallmark, hallmark, if you like, of, of Watford's play. I think, personally, I think that's the difference between the between the sides like Watford and, and the teams around us and the absolute world-class teams, they just don't give the ball away. They make it work, and when they get an opportunity, they, they hurt the opposition. So I'd like to see us work on that, just sort of having confidence in, in keeping the ball and not necessarily trying to go the extra yard if you feel like you've just had the ball for ages and haven't done anything with it. It's okay to, it's okay to keep the ball. Possession's a great thing. No, no, you can't be hurt while you've got the ball. So don't be afraid to sort of keep, just play the, the a sort of basic basic pass just to keep keep possession and try and sort of work on that decision making a little bit but yeah i think definitely the left back right back conundrum is well we have to say the four, four the, the the formation has worked quite nicely well that's a question from james franklin he sort of says do the january signings necessitate a permanent switch away from 352 mike permanently I would say that the performances recently would necessitate a move away from <laughs> some, from three five two. We mentioned Holobas, uh, sorry, um, Cathcart and Britos not looking a hundred percent solid at, at right and left back. But that said, the performances going forward have been, largely speaking, pretty good. We've had um, cleverly um, driving on and, and keeping things moving. Capoos looked like a like a like a new player um, in, in, with this formation. Um, Niang, as we've seen, has come in and made made a huge impact, um, and we're seeing a bit more of Troy, I think, now as well. He's sort of getting getting in a in a position to sort of put himself around a bit and, and make a nuisance of himself and try and try and make things happen. So, but I also think with Troy, the thing is, he's got the supporters around him, you know, the, the good support acts, where you know it felt like um, that game against Burnley, the ball was pumped up to him, and he could head it down. And there was at least a good couple of people around he was aiming for. He didn't yeah. feel quite as isolated as as he was before. Yeah, um, I think yeah, what this, the, the other what this formation has done. I think it's the, the the real problem we have was that transition from back to front. It was all falling apart in, in midfield. It just wasn't clicking. It wasn't happening. And we look a lot more. We've looked a lot more potent in the in the ten eleven days since um, well since Billwall basically the Arsenal Burnley and. Um, and even Man United in, in in little patches, we could have um, you know we could have snapped something yesterday. It wasn't wasn't beyond the realm, beyond the realms of possibility. I'd have loved to have seen you know if Zerate's effort had gone gone in two um, one with with uh, with a bit of time on the clock. I think we we might have we might have pushed them. We're one man who I actually don't know when he's going to be back exactly. I never really remember this stuff. But with Amrabat, Jason, he's if he if he comes back when he comes back, should I say? Where are you putting him? Is he straight back in the side after what he did before his injury, or have things changed too much? I don't think they've changed too much. I think he's still got something to offer. There was, uh, I saw an article the other day about it wasn't on him; it was it was on someone else. But it was about 
crossing. And he's at something like on the top five crosses in the Premier League this season. And his percentage accuracy is nothing to um, frown at either. It's, it's decent uh, considering the number of crosses he's getting into the box, um, which did surprise me slightly. Um, so he's definitely still got something to offer. Where does he fit in? I think he, he fits in on the right-hand side of, of midfield, be that in a 4-2-3-1 or in a or with a, a four across the midfield. I think he can fit in there. Um, I don't think you'd have to oust either Niang or Zarate or Dini because you'd probably want those three to start as well. Um, I think he could still fit in there. They probably won't want to rush him back um, like they're doing with Yanmat. I'm getting the impression we're all sort of thinking, oh, why isn't Yanmat starting? Mm. Probably because he's being eased back into the side because he's had a couple of, of injuries recently. He's not the only player that's had that. You know, it's definitely Yanmat. You know, um, uh, James, um, what fan he sort of asked, you know, why didn't uh, why didn't he start Yanmat? Um, best attacking uh, defender. Uh, better than Holibas. And I sort of, I see where you're saying that, but the fact that Barami was rested, the fact that it took success so much time before he's started making his appearance over the last couple of weeks, and Yanmat is, isn't being you know started straight away. They are clearly investing in these players and making sure that they're not going to be uh, falling over every five minutes, which it certainly felt like um, before Christmas, Mike. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, and I think that's something that that Matsari's had to had to deal with. He's having to to nurse these guys back into to full fitness and integrate them slowly. I think we could have done with Valon Barami yesterday, um, but obviously it was it was felt that he wasn't he wasn't wasn't fit. Um, I assume that was the case anyway. So yeah, I think that's that's a byproduct of, of that terrible run of injuries we had, and I think it's encouraging to see that we're doing that in a sensible way. And what we're not having to do, we're not sort of um, you know, what a difference two weeks two weeks makes. If we'd lost against Arsenal, we would have been really in it and and really up against it, and perhaps clamouring a little bit more for these players to to come back and um, and to, and to feature and, and make a difference. But now we've luckily we're in a in a position points wise when things were a little bit more comfortable, um, and also the performances have turned around, the formations changed, and and those people in their places are doing a reasonable job in the most part. A podcast made by Watford fans Fans. for Watford fans from the rookery end. Mike's surname is Parkin. He has a son called Arlo. And this is our weekly feature, Michael Parkinson. It is my great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson, Arlo. Arlo, how are you? Good. Now, as you know... Watford are out of the FA Cup. Who did they lose to? Um, Millwall. Yeah, Millwall. We watched it. It wasn't very good, was it? But that means they've got a week off. They're like you. They're on half term. So what do you think they should do with their half term break? Go to Windsor Waves. Go to Windsor Waves. You think they should go swimming? Why yeah. Why is that? Because I think it's going to be good training for their bodies and they could do a handstand and a front flip and I think that's good training. All right, mate. Thanks very much for joining us. Bye. Do not scratch your ears. You're listening to From the Rookery End. What I'd like to ask you guys, Jace, perhaps in particular, is that we had a we had a tweet from um, Namorador, I think it is, and he says central defenders playing at right and left back doesn't doesn't work. And I think we, we've obviously we've obviously picked up on that. But who would we have at right back and, and left back in this formation if if everyone's fully fit? I think if if this formation. If we make this formation a, a 
4-2-3-1, I think I'd be happy with Jan Matt at right back and Holabas at mm. left back. Yeah. It means they've got to do some defending, but then there's also a responsibility on those two deeper line central midfielders to defend as well, um, which for me would be uh, Barami and Cleverly. Um, mm. And I think they've got the the wherewithal, those two, to, to make sure they're there to help out when it comes to defending. Um the player who I think would miss out, we've already talked about Amrabat coming back in um, and fitting in with the with the new guys and Dini. I I would think Kapu needs to be worried. And I talked uh, a few podcasts ago about him needing a, a kick up the bum. This could be it. To, to give him his credit, I think he he, he had an absolute howitzer against against Arsenal. But that in in a way sort of makes it more frustrating, doesn't it? Because he he was better than he has been against Burnley. And then there were flashes yesterday when Watford were playing well. He seemed to play well. You know, it, it seems to be so confidence-driven and it, it, it almost turns off, off and on like a like a tap or a little valve with, valve with, with Kapu. And one, there was a couple of instances, there were a couple of decisions in, in quick succession, weren't there, yesterday, where Kapu felt he, he should have had a penalty and Holobas also um, got, got fouled. And then you saw them both just start to complain a little bit when up until that point, they'd actually been making a real positive impact on the on the game and making some serious inroads into into what was that terrific Man United side. So, yeah, Kapu is is frustrating, and I think we 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 haven't been backward in um, in coming forward with that with our view on on Kapu. That I think he he owes us a little bit in terms of that lull he had. Um, and yeah, you're right. I think he he's the one that that needs to be worried. I make I make you absolutely right with uh, with Jan Matt and, and Holobas at right back and left back. I'd be a little bit concerned about about Jan Matt. He loves bombing forward. He just need to see that that bit of discipline from him. What I've liked about Jan Met when we've seen him is that he does give us that extra going forward and it almost feels like we don't need that from him as much now. So it'd be interesting to see him as a sort of slightly more disciplined back. I think it'd be very, very interesting to see Kapu, Kapu rested and then to see what sort of reaction we got if he if he did come back in. We're, we're, we're half getting ourselves into a position of uh, luxury here. Um, uh, Lee Johnson asks, how best do you fit Niang Dini, Success and Zerate in in one team. And I'm going to add it in there, Jason, as well, and Amrabat. Because literally, is it is it possible? Or does someone, do, do we have that thing where we can have a lovely rotation going on? Would you Could you even see those five being in, in, in one team? No, I was going to be witty then and answer the question straight away and say you drop Amrabat. Um, <laughs> I think, again, I think, I don't think you'd have those four all in the team and I think this is with success we've not seen him fully fit yet um, and again I think they're protecting him and I think that could well be the right thing to do because it does sound like he um, I don't like to say you can't finish a, a 90 minutes but he's like a modern day Will Buckley isn't he <laughs> we're not going to see and I think we're going to see a full game out of him that often has there ever been this um, much sort of buzz about a, about a player who's played so few minutes as if you tot up, you tot up his Watford career. It's sort of almost on a par with mine in in terms of the the, the minutes he's actually <laughs> he's actually played for Watford. It's not, you know, he hasn't he hasn't played much. I mean, obviously when he's come on, he's he's made a huge impact. Um, but you know, he's been far, far, far from fit for for the most part of the season. Uh, and I, I think it's a valid question from Lee. But what my from my point of view is, success is out of the equation as a starter at the moment because. Um, he just he's played nowhere near enough football. Um, I, I don't think he's fit, um, and he doesn't he hasn't 
for that reason, um, he, he, he doesn't warrant a, a sort of starting place for me at the moment, quite apart from him, uh, as Jay said, not being able to fit in, in, in the side with, with those players that, that were mentioned. So I think at the moment it's a, it's a waiting game for him. He needs to be patient. He needs to get back to full fitness because you can see that he's so powerful, he's so strong, he's skillful, he gives, he gives everything. So once he is fit, I think he will be a, a force to be reckoned with. And I think he will um, be knocking on the door for, for inclusion. Um, and like I say, John, it's, it does feel like luxury, but this is the, the squad that has been built for Watford. A lot of people have said this is the, the most talented squad that Watford have, have had, perhaps in their history. Um, but we're only now getting to the stage um, that, that it's all fit and, and available. And then if you obviously you add in the Jan- January transfer um, uh, arrivals, which, which feel like three, three very important extra bits of the, the puzzle. Um, so luxury is, it can't, I know exactly where you're coming from, where it, it feels like that, but this is the, this is the squad that, that was built. Um, and so I think there's some, some credit needs to be given to, um, given to the recruitment, which has taken a bit of, uh, punishment over the, um, over the last, well, ever since they came in really for, for, for whatever reason, um, and, and entirely justified a lot of the time, but it feels like that recruitment is finally slotted into place quite nicely. Um, and I think we're credit credit where credit's due. How about that for going off on a tangent? Oh, yeah, you were because I've been sitting here waiting to react to the point you said about success about <laughs> half an hour ago, and you use the word <laughs> you use the word impact, um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing to have an impact player like that on the bench and, and again that's what makes that that bench stronger when we need something different up front when we need something to happen we can bring success on especially if one of the other guys up front's having a bad game or we need to inject a bit more pace up there success is your man yeah um watford waffler uh, watford waffler um asks best formation uh, and how many points will we finish with mike you think about those points well jason says the best formation. It starts with four at the back, I suspect. It starts with four at the back. And I've mentioned it already, I think the four two three one, um, because I think it, it suits our best two central midfielders in Barami and Cleverly. Barami can be that solid man at the back. Cleverly can be the, the driver, the one who transitions from defence into attack. And then I think we can have our, our best attacking players on the pitch. We can have Dini up front um, with the three behind him. He said earlier about <clears throat> against a Burnley game where he had people there with him to, to pick up the knockdowns, etc. The, the three behind him leads to that. Um, if you've got Yamma and Holabas uh, at fullbacks who can push on, means the guys wide of the of the three can tuck inside and help out Dini. They can then run on the overlap. I, I just like all these different points about it. I think it works for me. Um, and will it work, Michael, for a higher points target uh, uh, gathering, let's say, than last year? Because I saw um, Tales of Vicarage today uh, said I think with three points off where we were this time last year. Um, and with the number of games you've got left to go, you look at it and you try and you start trying to figure out: Will we get to, you know, beyond forty-five? I think we will. I think we will. I think if we can te- keep this team fit, if we can keep the upward curve of of performance and, and form going, uh, and looking at some of the some of the sides we've got to play. I mean, we've got some which you, you, you're probably going to write off. I think Chelsea, Tottenham, and Manchester City at home perhaps is one that you might you might fancy a flutter on. But they're three games which. You know, if you're if you're if you're a betting man, you're you're going to write off. But then there are other other clubs that you'd like to see us like to see us perform well against. 
I'm looking. I think it's going to be touch and go whether we get whether we get more than the last year. I think we'll 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 perhaps be just shy of, of 50 points, and that's I think maybe I think 48 something like that. I think is is probably what we're looking at at the moment. I quite like the idea that last game of the season. If Chelsea stay the way Chelsea are, Man City could be playing for absolutely nothing. Could be in the um, FA Cup final. Could be in uh, the Champions League. I think. Yeah. yeah um, could have either of those coming up, so they might be resting players. At least be a fun end of the season, hopefully, rather than what if when you when I first saw that, I thought, oh god, what if we're battling? What if they're battling the top? What we could have is a very very big say in the in the relegation shakeup, and uh, you know we're still not out of the woods. I mean, we're we're still ten we're ten points off the bottom off the off Hull in eighteenth, but you know there's still some work to be done there, um, and we are we are we're going to be playing a lot of sides who are who are scrapping for their lives, so. There'll be some some difficult difficult games ahead, but you know we've talked we've been quite um, positive in in this pod about the players and we've talked about the squad we've got and how it feel, finally feels like it's got some uh, some decent some decent promise. So you'd be disappointed if uh, if we're not picking up the the points against uh, against some of those strugglers. But yeah, I reckon if I had to put any money on it. 48, 49 points. Um, Tim Rose, he said, uh, got in contact. He said, uh, should, as suggested by the Hearts Mercury, Tom Cleverley to be the next captain? I don't know why we need a new captain. Um, I don't quite know why it was a suggestion. Um, I don't believe um, Troy's leaving. But, but I suppose there is a bit of a need, Mike, for more captains. You know, that sort of leaders on the pitch. I think the reason that, that, that the guys at the Mercury have suggested Tom Cleverley is that is the next captain is I think it's recognition for his for the impact he's had since since he arrived and um, he's been so um, important so pivotal in that in that midfield and the, the way he sort of has has held himself he's held on to the ball um, he's defended and got stuck in um, where needs be there's that wonderful um, clip that was doing the rounds last week of his uh, of his tackle on uh, on Joey Barton which ended up with Mr Barton face down on the turf and uh, and Watford disappearing into the distance with the ball which was uh, which was absolutely magnificent so I think he's done you know he's talk about Niang having a, having a superb um, impact but I think of the of the trio that came in I think cleverly has been the most impressive because he's done it over a, over a slightly long long period of uh, of time, so I think really what what the guys there were suggesting was it's just recognition as the size really of of his impact, and perhaps um, uh, a captain in midfield is perhaps a little bit more traditional um, because they you know they're there, um, you know they can pull the strings a little bit, bark orders a little bit, get in the referee's ear like um, like John Eustace used to do so uh, so wonderfully. But in in Troy's like you say, Troy's not going anywhere at the moment, so I, I think it's very unlikely that he's going to be have the captaincy taken off him um, and he does a very good job of especially over the last sort of tricky couple of months when we've seen players get a bit upset when it hasn't gone their way he is the first there with the ref he is making sure that that when possible players aren't going over the top so I think he's fulfilled his his captaincy duties pretty pretty well um, and yeah I think it'd be very very unfortunate to, to lose the captaincy but I understand why that's that's been floated as an idea, but yes, yeah, just that's just a tribute to, to Cleverley and uh, and what he's done for Watford. He just he just needs to keep it up, stay fit, and keep it up. And uh, you know, he's he's almost by default he was uh, he's like Alistair Cook's Joe Root, isn't he? He's the he's by default the, the vice captain, I think, which pre- previously we, you just said was was Gomez. But I think he's a great addition into, in 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 that respect. It's great that, that fans have got someone that they feel they trust, I guess, 
um, and that's that that's that's happened very early with 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 Cleverley and obviously the 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 earlier uh, the his earlier sort of stint with with Watford helps in that regard. But yeah, I think it just goes to show what a, what a great capture he has been, and if uh, if he can keep the form up and if we can keep hold of him for next year, it uh, yeah it all goes really well for the future. You know, out of the few uh, boys we've we've brought in, um, we only actually bought um, Zerati. Uh, the other loanees, and there was you know in the press this week, Jason, they were sort of saying how Watford are already very interested in um, in signing Niang uh, in the summer. I did actually hear, I think it was on the Guardian football podcast this week. Um, they were sort of about how actually AC Milan have, have had a bit of a dip recently since uh, Niang left. Um, yeah, he's a player that you'd you know. There's always call for him, but. The same, cleverly, you know, the feeling's got to be that he needs to be a permanent signing, um, and uh, you know, with us at the beginning of, of next year. We're not finishing this 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 season finishing, but we're we're at a point now. We've got a couple of weeks off, so we can sort of do a bit of reflection. Is this season better than last season? I know we haven't got an FA Cup semi final on the way, but with some of the games we've had, is this season better than last season, Jason? I think I'm feeling happier now, and the signings that we've we've got in and, and the way we've picked ourselves up again is making me feel a lot more comfortable it's such a fine line it could so easily have been the other way um mm. and as, as mike said earlier we're still we're not completely out of the woods yet but we've got a we've got a cushion like we had last year it's very different to last season and mm. I, I can't help now feeling we sort of we have sort of mixed it all up a bit and we we know we get a lot of stick in the press for for constantly changing our managers and switching players around and yes we've done that trying to find the the right blend the 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 way forward for Watford so it does feel like we sort of mixed it all up and almost started again but we're still at the moment comfortably mid-table and comfortably an average Premier League side Mm. and and that's what we want to be at the moment I think it doesn't have to be massive leaps and bounds um it's it's a difficult difficult thing to job to stay in the Premier League we know all about the, the teams that are always there at the top are always there at the top you got big clubs like Newcastle and Aston Villa that have gone down in recent seasons the champions are in big trouble of going down another big club in Sunderland in risk, at risk of going down to be where we are is is fantastic um, and I think I, I am at the moment very happy so far with the season <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely been more tumultuous. Last year was 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 almost exactly a season of two halves, wasn't it? It got up to Christmas, and then after Christmas, it was it was a right old slog, and it was uh, it was pretty miserable for for large parts of that the, the the second half of the season, wasn't it? Whereas this year has been been more peaks and troughs. So, you know, we had West Ham uh, early, which was which was great. Then a, a couple of not so great results. Then we had Man United at home, which was great, and then another couple of not so great results. And then more recently, we've had Arsenal. Um, so it's been sort of um, yeah, a bit like if you if, if I was connected to a heart monitor during during an average Watford game, our season's been been like that, sort of up and down, big big peaks and troughs. But um, I think the exciting thing is we're in a position whereby this could be a much better season than last season. It could feel like mm. a a much better season, as Jason rightly pointed out. We mustn't lose sight of the fact that staying in the division was again 
the priority, perhaps doing it with a little bit more to spare um, and perhaps adding a few more long-term Premier League players to the to the squad. But staying in the division was always going to be very, very difficult. If we can do that with a little bit to spare, it has to be has to be deemed a success. But at this stage, with a, a squad that's uh, looking to, to be a little bit more settled, but a bit more experienced, we've got the opportunity to make this a, a memorable last sort of last sort of uh, what do you reckon third is it third of the season i suppose a little bit little bit less than that to go but um yeah so I, the exciting thing is this could be a terrific end if we if we keep this form up if we keep our focus keep working we've got some winnable games and if if we can put put some good form together this could be you know a really really good season and whilst on one hand staying up was the most important thing if we can look like we finish strongly and finish sort of comfortably in mid mid table you know tenth something like that then if we are looking to recruit in, in, in the summer and we, we've identified sort of perhaps some defensive roles and perhaps a, a new backup goalkeeper, attracting players is going to be a lot easier. And that's the, net, that's the part of the, the plan that I think they'll have one eye on now is just have finishing as strongly as possible and positioning Watford as, as a, that sort of team that is progressing, is solid and is a, is, a, is a decent bet. So fingers crossed. At the moment, I, would, I think it's... I think it edges it at the moment because I don't think we're going to have that that real verge for the for the final final run of things. Matsari's shown at least he's been willing to to change it to a degree where whereas Kike was uh, found it difficult in that respect and he, and he played players in in positions that that people didn't necessarily think suited them. So that's uh, shading it at the moment, and I'm I'm pretty sure that we're going to have a, a much more exciting running. You know, I was looking at the, the table. Uh, you know, we're ten off uh, off the, the third from bottom, um, but actually we're one win or three points away from ninth. And you know, it, it, it is still there. It is about being consistent, and that's what we just did not have any consistency whatsoever um, at this point and for the rest of the season uh, under under Kike. Um, but then we probably can understand why, because of uh, maybe everything that was sort of being said uh, behind the scenes. Um, so we've got a, a two weeks off, uh, Sir Watford, um, and uh, we'll be back. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who sent in their questions. Please keep sending in your stories of Graham Taylor. We've had a nice response so far and hopefully we'll be catching up with a bunch of people before the West Ham game. If you didn't listen to last week's podcast, we're going to do a special Graham Taylor podcast. It's called When I Met Graham. Uh, and we basically want your stories uh, about when you met Graham Taylor um, so we can know a little bit about the man when he was here at Watford Football Club and all the great things that uh, way when he, he, he just... Brought, pe- brought joy to people's lives, even if for a sh- short amount of time. Get in touch, podcast at fromtherookerend.com uh, with any of your GT stories. And uh, and thanks again to everyone who got involved with this podcast. You can do it on Twitter, or at Watford Podcast, or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Watford Podcast. Thank you very much, Jason. Uh, thank you. And uh, thank you, Michael. Keep on keeping on. Come on, you Hornets. <laughs> <laughs>